Coming up, philosophy for the young, corrupting or empowering. Is it really good for teenagers to question everything, even their parents' intelligence? Can philosophy wipe out ambition and lead to depression and ennui? What if the hokey pokey is what it's all about? Our guest is Jack Bowen, author of The Dreamweaver, One Boy's Journey Through the Landscape of Reality. If I'm stuck on an island with 100 people, I don't want them mindlessly conforming. I I want them really kind of grappling with these issues and, and thinking for themselves. Recorded in front of a live audience of young philosophers at Palo Alto High School. What could be more empowering than my life is my own? Corrupting or empowering the young. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. This is Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Today we're recording the program in front of a live audience of young philosophers at California's Palo Alto High School. Our thinking began about a mile away, across El Camino at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Welcome everyone to Philosophy Talk. Our topic today, philosophy for the young, corrupting or empowering. Well, Ken, the the charge that philosophy corrupts the youth is pretty old, about as old as philosophy. 2,400 years ago, the city fathers of Athens killed Socrates, sentenced him to death for corrupting the youth of Athens. Well, you know, I'm sure those young men, and unfortunately in those days they were all young men, who followed uh, uh, Socrates all around Athens, being tutored by him in philosophy, I know they were a royal pain in the derriere for the authorities. But, you know, Socrates didn't corrupt those young people. He empowered those young people. He empowered them to think for themselves, to question received wisdom, and not to be cowed by authority. And no doubt that made the authorities uncomfortable, but making the authorities uncomfortable comfortable is not the same as being corrupt or corrupted. Well, I don't know, Ken. Since we can question everything, maybe I should kind of defend the city fathers of Athens. I'm sure those kids were were extremely corrupted by Socrates, questioning the authority of their elders and their teachers. What can be worse than that? It's a terribly dangerous attitude for young people to question the authority of their elders and teachers and principals and people like that. Yeah, sure it's dangerous. It's dangerous for those who claim to be authorities. It's dangerous for the elders. Well, it can be dangerous for the young themselves because they can't take advantage of the received wisdom that us, the older generation, offers them. Philosophy can screw up your life, you know. It can lead you to doubt everything. It can cause you to wonder whether life has meaning, to question your religion, your country, your parents, even your humanities teachers. Do we really want to cast the young out in the sea of philosophical doubt and uncertainty? Don't we want to teach them how to thrive and succeed in the world that we understand so well? To do that, they have to accommodate to authority, not reflexively rebel against it. Well, no, no, we shouldn't promote reflexive rebellion against all authority just because it's authority. But that sort of rebellion wouldn't display a philosophical attitude at all. It would display adolescent arrogance. Philosophy isn't about intellectual arrogance. It's about intellectual honesty and humility. Philosophy demands not just that you question the prejudices and beliefs of others, 
but that you subject your own prejudices and beliefs to the light of uh, critical reflection, too. So you got to be humble. Okay, I give up. I'll quit defending the city fathers <laughs> of Athens. I mean, Socrates himself actually exemplified the kind of intellectual humility you're talking about. He, he was a seeker of knowledge, not someone who said he knew everything. There's a bit of a paradox because the oracle at Delphi said that Socrates was the wisest man in Athens, and yet Socrates claimed not to know anything. But the oracle said, it's because you know you don't know anything that you're wiser than the rest of those fools who all think they know something, although none of them do. Right, exactly. You know, but given where they are in their lives, the young actually are bound to be gripped by philosophical questions if we just give them a chance. Young people are in the business of trying to figure out who and what they are. And philosophy is devoted to answering just the sort of questions that people in the grips of any reflective person gripped in that kind of process will, will, will be seized by. I mean, who am I? What's right? What's wrong? What things are worthy of my deepest allegiances, my deepest affections? What's my place in this complex social world I inhabit? Well, we, we elders, we elders sometimes pretend, like the supposed wise men of Athens, that we have all the answers. And all the young need to do is come to Pali High and, and listen carefully to their teachers and they'll be ready for the world. But actually, by the time they're old enough to get here, by the time they're in their mid-teens, they see through that pretense. We just have to live with the fact that young people are going to experiment and philosophize. Well, right. I certainly did it when I was young, and I no doubt you did it when you were young, too. And since it wouldn't do us a bit of good to avert our eyes and pretend it's not happening here, it's our job as the older, wiser, more experienced ones to make sure they, they use this elixir of philosophy safely. And what better, safer way for the young to philosophize than out in the open, on the radio, in the company of experienced practitioners and superannuated adolescents like you and me. Yeah, we, since we are <laughs> superannuated, though, we, we, it would be nice to have someone younger and cooler to help us out, somebody with uh, more experience speaking directly to young people. So, in a bit, we'll be joined by Jack Bowen. He's the author of the best-selling novel, The Dreamweaver, and he also teaches philosophy to high school students. And we want our live audience of budding philosophers here at Palo Alto High School to join in the conversation, too. But first, our roving philosophical reporter, Jill Replegal, looks into just what happens when young philosophers ply their trade. She files this report. It was Socrates' dialogues with the youth of Athens that led to his trial and execution. But today's youth gets much of its philosophical ideas from rock bands, like Tool. By saying that this body is holding me, they're marking like a fundamental tenet of believers in dualism or believers in the soul, that the body is separate from me. Johnny Halperin is a senior at Menlo High School, just south of San Francisco. I actually don't believe in the soul. I guess I'm what you'd call a um, materialist as opposed to a dualist. Um, so it speaks to me in that way because of the presence of uh, the soul and the dualist repercussions. Johnny took a philosophy course last year, and he's developed some pretty strong ideas about this crazy thing called life. I think if you asked, you know, somebody who doesn't study much philosophy whether they have a free will, they would be pretty shocked to hear anything other than yes whereas I fall into the hard determinist category, which um, holds that we actually don't have any free will, but we are fully determined, as um, the name states, by our nature and our nurture, our genetics and our environment. Johnny's favorite philosopher? Richard Dawkins. Or the Doc Man, as my teacher affectionately puts him. Uh, he is a 
diehard atheist, materialist, determinist, all of the above, like me, and he kind of takes the, the most extreme stance in these issues. While the relatively young band Tool may be speaking to Johnny, other students find their philosophical inspiration in older bands. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide. The way that Freddie Mercury starts off his band is really quite relevant to my life right now. When he asks, is this just life or is this just fantasy? And says, caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. I sympathize with him. Charles Lochner is a senior at Palo Alto High. He's also been studying philosophy. I've gotten to a point in my life where I realize that everything that I've done or known uh, is really just a part of some enormous, intricate picture. The two high school seniors share some similar ideas. I don't believe that, that there is any type of soul or any type of outer external being or, or God for that matter. But um, life is, is only as real as, as you make it to be. Like Life is only as intricate. You can make it as simple as you want. It can be, you can be a Buddhist and you can, you can focus on, on just meditation and be, being happy. And you can do some other crazy career, like you can be a skydiver and find your happiness that way. It really, it really doesn't matter. Like, all that life is is just being happy, if you think about it. So is philosophy corrupting these youth? Stay tuned to find out. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Jill Replogle. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.